You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have front row seats to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We are joined by my good friend, Kyle. Kyle, it feels good to have you here with us again. I know. You know, I love the fact that you love having me on. I feel so appreciated. So wanted. Well, listen, you're you're a fan favorite, so anytime you're uh, not around, they demand to know where Kyle is. Hey, listen, I'm a hot commodity. Sometimes I have, like, homework and stuff to actually, like, do. So We appreciate you being here, and we appreciate even more the Edmonton Oilers not losing games in between episodes. It gives us an, a, a lot to talk about here. We're going to get right into it. We've got, uh, first of all... <clears throat> Last episode, we had given our original predictions for the Edmonton-Winnipeg game. Um, However, they obviously didn't play before last episode came out. So uh, after watching that first Jets game, we uh, got a little bit more of a feel for it. Uh, Edmonton obviously needed to get a bounce back after a tough 6-5 loss. And I think they bounce back. They bounce back. Another one goal game versus the Jets. This one, uh, one of the lowest scoring games in the series versus the Jets. Uh, And they win it 3-2. Really solid bounce back win. Again, we we see the Oilers really have a dedication to when they have a sloppier game in the first game. Um, So far this season, the, the second game has always been a really solid defensive readjustment as well which is really good to see it's nice that they can come from a loss and sort of uh think about it they can watch some video they can come back in and they can give a better defensive effort i would agree i think uh the scoring calmed down a little bit in that game but it's definitely nice to watch them come out with a uh hold on to a a victory uh like i've been saying the whole time i think these two teams are, are very well matched to each other pretty tame hockey i would say for you know as far as rivalry points go but you know it's it's actual just hockey nothing else you know no extracurricular activities we could say but it's it's fun to watch these two teams play 
And in this game, uh, Gaetan Haas is back in the lineup after sort of flip-flopping back between injuries. But the big story going into the game is Connor McDavid, as I said last game, was one point away from his 500th career NHL point. And I had said last episode, if he did it, in that game versus Winnipeg, he would tie Sidney Crosby for seventh fastest. He did, in fact, get an assist on Jesse Pugliarvi's absolute snipe. And Pugliarvi has heated up uh, here recently. It's nice to see him finally start to go in the back of the net. But McDavid gets his 500th point on an assist. Uh, it was funny because, you know, all the media and the fans I think make a much bigger deal of hitting that 500 point mark than I think maybe McDavid does at the moment or his teammates maybe do at the moment because they asked Pugliarvi about it and he was like, yeah, I knew about it, but you know, just scoring goals, glad to win. And McDavid brushed all the questions off as well. But, you know, from a friend perspective, he's 24. That's the seventh fastest, like I said, tying Sidney Crosby. And I think even even Pugliarvi in, because uh, they asked Pugliarvi about it, obviously, because he got he got the goal for McDavid's 500th point. They asked him about it. Right. He said, you know, it, it's crazy because McDavid already has 500 points and he's already a year, he's only a year older than Pugliarvi. So another testament to the incredible ability that McDavid has. I saw an, uh, an interesting an interesting stat line uh, that I thought was kind of funny. So Crosby scored his 500 points. In the same same amount of games, and then in that game he ended up going to 501 points. McDavid did the same. The next game, both of them went pointless, and the following game they both scored five point games. Oh, Crosby had a five point game after his uh, so went, 501. Yeah, yeah. So he went. So he went 501. The next game then he went pointless, and then he had a five point game, which is the same thing that McDavid did. So the 502 to 506 point magic. Exactly. If you're just good enough to get there, uh, that that little that little spot, it really hits it for you. Exactly. I think it was cool to cool to see that it happened almost exactly the same way. Um, some other things from this game, though, the Oilers had a lead going into the third period versus the Jets again. Uh, this time they were actually able to hold the fort, which was really impressive. I think Smith, after having a pretty weak game in the 6-5 game and getting pulled versus the Jets. He had an opportunity to bounce back. And we saw a really, really strong bounce back game from Smith as well. And Dreisaitl got two points, two power play goals. I predicted I was going for the fourth point on this one. I said Dreisaitl was going to get three points and he got so close. Uh, unfortunately, both of us predicted the win. But we didn't. That's about all we got. So uh, after that one, that brings the score up to seven to six for the two of us. I'm not trailing by that much. I thought I'd be worse. No, no, you're you're staying close. You're holding on to that. That you're keeping that one point gap between us. But you know, not getting too far behind. Uh, you haven't caught up quite yet. But uh, we'll see what happens. So I'm letting you feel comfortable, and then next thing you know, I'm gonna string together a, a couple three point, a couple three point games, and you're never gonna catch me. Lull me into a full sense of security, huh? Exactly. So then we, we come to, <laughs> I'd say, the marquee matchups uh, for the episode and what I was waiting all week for. Um, we have two back-to-back -back Battle of Alberta on Friday and Saturday. So we'll talk about the Friday one first. Uh, this is the second Battle of Alberta of the year. Uh, obviously, the Oilers lost 
the first one in a really disappointing games versus the Flames. Um, yeah. However, the Flames are in a bit of a free fall right now, a bit of a tailspin. They've been having a rough go of it. Uh, their goaltending's been um, having some difficulty. I know a lot of the fans of, you know, the Flames are really frustrated with some of the coaching decisions and personnel decisions. And then I just think, you know, some of the players aren't performing how they would like. So I think the Oilers, you know, haven't had an opportunity here to take advantage of maybe a struggling team. And you could tell even in some of the pregames how important this game was, I think, to obviously both teams take this game very seriously, but the flames were putting a lot more stock in this one because the flames are trying to use these two Oilers games to stop their slide. The Oilers are obviously looking to kick them off the cliff while they can. And Pujarvi scores early again. The kid is on fire and he's starting to, because a lot of his, goals before or a lot of his stuff like he's trying to he's trying to be like a sniper and he has that sniping ability as we saw on the goal he scored in the Winnipeg game but he's also getting a lot more goals this this season right in front of the net he started to realize his body type and you know what kind of player he can be he understands where he, he needs to go and it's that front of the net area and it's really awesome to see him grow into that role. Yeah. As a front of the net guy myself, I think one of those things that you don't necessarily want to be in front of the net, like once you first start, like once you realize your size and you're kind of like, ah, I should be there. That makes sense. That's probably where I should go. And you don't really like it at first because you get beat up in front, you know, you're getting sticks to the back and pushing off all over the place. Then you start putting pucks in the net and you're like, okay, all right, I'm okay. We'll do this. This is kind of fun. It may not be the uh, most beautiful or, or glorified spot um, for goals, but they don't ask how, they ask how many. Yeah, so Pugliarvi gets on the board early uh, with, with a nice one. Um, Gaetan Haas would then score his first of the season to give the Oilers a 2-1 lead. Uh, the Oilers were just squeezing the flames. The shots, I think, were a little bit deceptive. They, they were close in this one. But in the first period at one point, I think the, the Oilers had seven of their first shots before the Flames even had their first one. And then even into the third period when the Flames were trailing by one, um, the Oilers and Mike Smith really held the fort. They shut it down. Um, the Oilers went three for three on the penalty kill, which is huge. Anytime your special teams can shut down the other team's special teams is a really big boon for them. And the Oilers hold on to a, a really tough, and I'd say actually relatively tame. I was expecting it to be a little bit chippier. Obviously, we were predicting fights in this one. There wasn't a single fight in this game. And the Oilers hold on for a really gutsy 2-1 win. Um, we haven't seen a lot of the Oilers win a lot of these style of games. We've seen a couple of them, obviously, with the 2-0 win versus Montreal. But any of these stingy defensive victories and... Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, like you said, very quiet in this one. I mean, obviously they're going to get chances every game, but I don't remember them having any like crazy good chances. I think the Flames actually did a relatively good job um, keeping them to the outside and, and focusing in on them. But anytime you can win close games with your depth scoring, getting those goals, like that's a huge, huge two, four point win for the Oilers. Yeah, I think I definitely think it's nice to see that. You can have those guys, your guys that you expect to be hot frequently, you know, your dry side, old McDavid, um, you know, Nuge, those guys, I think, I think you can expect them to be hot pretty frequently, but then it's nice to see that even sometimes when they're not, 
when they're you know not playing, not even that they weren't playing well, just if they're getting shut down or having an off night or whatever, you got your guys that are, you know, second, third, fourth line guys that are, are putting pucks in the back of the net and helping you win games, which is uh, a nice, nice comfort, I would say. So talking about third and fourth line guys, then one person that I'd say that's been relatively disappointing for the Oilers this season has been Kyle Turris. And so before we move on to the next game, which I'm very excited to talk about, one of the things before that game started was Kyle Turris was coming out of the lineup in exchange for James Neal. Um, obviously, Neal has been coming in and out of the lineup. We're trying to see uh, how he plays, and he was coming off injury at the beginning of the season. Turris is just a healthy scratch. Um, I think the Oilers were looking for a lot more, I think a, a little bit more offense from him, considering you know they were hoping to free him up and have him play against you know some of the other team's lower end guys and you know maybe help bring him up and at this point I mean the Oilers bottom six as I was just talking has definitely started to to come up a little bit I think Jujar Kara has played really really well I think he's already played a million times better than he was last season and that has been a huge huge boon for the Oilers however you know the Kyle Turris signing and that sort of stuff he just he hasn't really impressed so do you think it's too early to maybe I don't call it a bust but just call it a wash. Maybe like, it's just, it's not going to work for Kyle Turris. Like what's, what's going on with Kyle Turris here? I think it may be a little too early. I think, you know, everybody can have a, a little bit of a rocky start maybe, you know, and, and I, I agree with you. I was also expecting Curtis to, or Turris to show up on the point sheet a little more, you know, be a little bit more uh, productive, but it's not, it hasn't been going so hot. And I think that Kyle Turris has the potential to be a very good um, middle-of-the-pack scoring guy. Um, he's done it before, which is why they signed him. Yes, it is disappointing, but I don't think you pull the plug on him just yet. You know, maybe try to work give, – give him a couple, you know, days, games off or whatever. Let him figure it out himself and then, you know, sprinkle him back in the lineup, see what he's – you know, see if he brings, brings back uh, shades of old. So then getting to then the, obviously the game that we are all waiting for is the second half of this back-to-back versus the flames on Saturday. Miko Koskinen was going to be taking on Jacob Markstrom in this game. So, uh, I guess this would be technically the battle of the starters in everyone else's mind. Um, and like I said, Turris was out for Neil and it started off a little bit rocky for the Oilers, just 26 seconds into the game. Slater Cuckoo gets absolutely pancaked i believe it's by sam bennett bennett would get a penalty for interference on the play i don't think he meant uh i think really to obviously he doesn't mean to to hurt cuckoo but uh i think he was it was sort of a broken play the puck was bouncing cuckoo was chasing after it and bennett went to line him up and the puck wasn't really anywhere near cuckoo and sent him head over heels unfortunately Slater Cuckoo posted on Instagram some pretty gnarly x-rays this morning, and it came out that he had shattered his collarbone. Um, So he is going to be out for a long time. That is a very slow injury, right? It's just an area of a body that takes a long time to to heal. So uh, unfortunately, Slater Cuckoo is going out for it, which is a shame because he's been a really, really sneaky, solid addition to the Oilers defense this season. Yeah. I'll say, uh, you know, I've had the the pleasure of watching uh, Slater Cuckoo play a few times live when he was down here in Tampa. I liked him. The Lightning didn't re-sign him, and I was kind of like, man. Or I think he got traded. Did he get traded? I don't remember. He he 
got traded or didn't they didn't resign? He, him or he either was traded reasons. or resigned in Chicago. In Chicago, like yeah. yeah. Um, so it was just kind of one of those things. I was like, ah, it kind of sucked, but he was kind of a depth guy. Um, but I like the way he plays hockey. He plays a solid defensive game and has spurts of offense. I think that's I like the way that he plays like that. You know, so it definitely sucks to see him get hurt, especially like that. Like you said, it's it's just an area of the body that takes a hot minute to heal pretty much anything around the neck is just brutal you know shoulder injuries collarbone neck all that stuff is just and and it tolls on you so so i think the break once the break heals he should be all right but it'll definitely take some time and that sucks to not have that guy as uh as an option on your defense yeah so we wish him uh the speediest of recoveries um, and then, you know, the Flames got themselves into a little bit of penalty trouble. Obviously, they took the interference call there versus Cuckoo. Um, there were a couple other calls they were taking. Um, the refs actually were calling things on McDavid for once, which was nice. And obviously, Alex Chason finally scores on the power play, making it, you know, worth it that he's been on the power play the whole season. You know, not that everyone else is screaming for literally anyone else to be in that spot, but it's fine. He, he makes all, he shuts up his haters for now uh, with the power play goal. And then it turns into the Connor McDavid show. Obviously us Oilers fans are very well versed in it, but it didn't feel like the Connor McDavid show that we were used to. Normally when I feel like when you see McDavid have an all world game, which he did obviously a hat trick um, in 28 minutes before even the halfway mark of the game, he had five points, I think, before the third period even started. I believe it was a natural hat trick, too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Natural hat trick. Goalie in net for all of them. He put the, the puck past all of them. Um, one of them was obviously a tip in front from the high slot. It was a great play by Barry on the power play. Barry and Nurse, by the way, have been playing fantastic. It's been awesome to watch. They've really, yeah. really stepped up. Um, both of them with 16 points on the season. Both of them, I believe, like one and two in defenseman scoring right now. So uh, that's just great. It, the Oilers are very lucky that that has turned out so well for them early uh, this season because there was they were looking a little shaky. They weren't really sure where Barry was going to fit in, but um, it looks at at least at the moment uh, they've they found a pretty good solid pairing between the two of them, and uh, they do some damage on the power play. I think they definitely uh, complement each other well. Their 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 styles complement each other really well because Barry's primarily offensive, um, and you know Nurse is a little more defensive than he is. But then once they're on the power play together, both of them have just shots that are great. So I think putting shots in front, which is a lot of the power play opportunities, is just getting shots in front from the defense and setting those guys up for one-timers and stuff. So I, I think that's definitely a good reason for them to be one and two in, in defense and scoring and for the Oilers to have a their power play being at such a high level right now. So obviously with the two defensemen, they're picking up a lot of assists, getting it to McDavid. Like I was saying, uh, Barry got an assist on a Amazing tip in the high slot by McDavid. Um, then his second goal was, again, just an absolute, another highlight reel goal. We've seen him start to shoot the puck a lot more this season, but McDavid is just so disrespectful to other NHL players because the amount of times, like we think about the Morgan Riley uh, goal of the season, last season, he didn't look at Morgan Riley the entire time. On this play, he didn't look at Jacob Markstrom a single time. He knew where he was. 
He knew where the net was. He knew where Nugent Hopkins was, but he just didn't look at him. He was looking at the Flames defenseman and Nuge the whole time. And then he just absolutely rips it through Markstrom. And then the third goal is, again, just a, a nice little uh, rip in front past Markstrom for, for the hat trick. Another incredible game, like you were saying. Uh, he, he follows the Crosby pattern of going scoreless uh, in in his after his 501st point and then he gets the all five of his next points in the same game crazy game mcdavid dominant nugent hopkins would chip in with another two goals josh archibald would score as well um the flames looked i'd say the this whole game relatively discombobulated which is funny because the whole cl- whole time i kept looking at the cl- the shot clock and being confused because the Oilers were getting outshot like crazy. The final shots yeah. in this one, I think were like 45 to 27 or something like that. Koskinen finishes with 43 saves. It's very rare that in a 7-1 win, your goalie is one of your three stars. Koskinen was also really good. And, you know, we talked about it. Koskinen's a good goalie. He just needs his rest. If we can get Koskinen his rest, and it seems like with Smith, we're able to do that. He's going to give us good games. And this was just a great game. It was a joy to watch. The Flames were really disappointed and devastated with it. The, the players are not having a good time. Matthew Kachuk is just having a bad go of it, which brings joy to my heart. Um, what, <laughs> it, what was your biggest takeaway here from a, from a really, really big win by the Oilers? As I was watching the game, um, certainly in the later uh, periods, you know, once – Obviously, there's not much discomfort. I would say so. You're you're real comfortable once you're up that high. You know, I mean? unless you're the you're least. Up, you're up six. Well, yeah, but you're up six goals. I think there's no reason for you to not be comfortable, right? I think so. I saw a lot of more. A lot more of the depth guys were skating around. So it's good for that to happen because those guys are getting you know time. And but I think the quality of chances and the caliber of shots that were put on net and put in the net was great because like like you were saying that the shots the Oilers had so very little shots on goal comparatively and so I think there was one point in the third period I looked at the shots and I'm like what dude there's like seven goals in on 22 shots <laughs> I enjoyed the offensive show I'm sure the Flames coaching staff did not I'm sure the players didn't either. And it was yeah. a home game. So anytime you get the your horn going off seven times, like seven. you just know that the Flames went to bed with that ringing in their yeah. head, which is just so good. Oh, yeah. The Oilers showed up, put a touchdown, put a touchdown on the board and said, yeah, it's okay. We'll see you next time. <laughs> so the Oilers improved to 12 and eight on the season. Uh, they also improved to second in the North division, only behind the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so a bit of a rough start. I think obviously things are still close. The North division is still pretty tight. So we've got to keep this, we've got to keep this good feeling going. We got to keep playing like this to keep making that separation. But, you know, after a bit of a rocky start, I think we've pulled ourselves out of it and we've set ourselves up for a, a strong end and second half of this season. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, like you said, it is still tight. So, I mean, obviously the boys still need to uh, be very competitive, you know, don't let off the gas pedal at all. But I think they definitely have the third, fourth line guys are clicking. They're starting to score. Defense is, is playing well defensively as well as offensively. It's all coming together. Just as a team, everybody is is going with each other. And, you know, everybody's starting to flow. Some of the new guys that are pulling in, some of the guys that were kind of on the bump last year are just filling their roles out. They're feeling themselves now. They're good to go. I think there's a, a lot of improvement. Well, I mean, so on our score predictions then, uh, obviously none of us got the scores right. However, 
we never predict Oilers Oilers losses, and the boys picked us up this time and uh, didn't lose. So unfortunately, I'm still one point ahead with uh, the nine eight lead now. Uh, but uh, like we were saying, you're uh, keeping that nice gap. So that that leaves us to do some predictions for the one game in between uh, this episode and the next. It is going to be versus the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday. Uh, the Oilers are currently one and one versus the Canucks. They obviously lost their first game of the season versus them 5-3 and then turned around with a 5-2 win. McDavid had his first hat trick of the season in that game. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are 8-12-1 on the season. I believe they're sitting fifth or sixth in the division right now. Um, so below the playoff cutoff line. They are also in another tailspin, which has been really good for Oilers fans, seeing the Canucks and the Flames sort of melting down like this. I think the Canucks have had, had a really rough go of it. I think not really sure what is entirely going on with them because I would have predicted they had a little bit more improvement this season than the Flames did, and they both seem to be having a little bit of a slide. So it should be a different game than what we saw in the first two games of the season versus the Oilers. The Oilers are gelled a lot more. They're clicking. Confidence is a lot higher, whereas I would say the Canucks' confidence is a lot lower. So uh, I'm expecting a, a good game here on Tuesday versus the Canucks. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of potential for it to be a good game. I just hope uh, that the Oilers don't get into the mindset of, oh, oh it's point night. These guys are slow. The, the, they're just going downhill on a, in a quick way. So I hope they don't they don't get into the mind, that mindset because I know uh, no matter who it who it was that I've played in any of my sports career, when you see the the low team on your schedule you're like ah all right and then you start trying to do a lot a lot by yourself but those are the games that you should actually just slow down start playing more as a team and just put a put a full team effort in to absolutely dominate instead of trying to do it all yourself so i i hope they stay on the track that they've been on and just kind of roll roll past them so uh, um, what, what do you think the score is going to be then buddy uh i'll say it's a modest 3-1 win for the Oilers. Modest 3-1. You know, I, I like that. I think Hopi's probably going to have a good game. I think the Oilers are going to put up a whole bunch of shots. They're going to they're gonna play fundamentally, you know, shots in, shots on. Just can't score if the puck doesn't go towards the net. So they're just going to pound him, and he's going to let in some, you know. So I'm going to join you with the 3-1 uh, the win here. However, I'm going to go for a little bit of separation with the extra point. I'm going to say 3-1 okay. win. The third goal is an empty netter, though. Ooh, okay. So tight game, and then they pull away at the end. I, okay, all yeah, 2-1 right. game, whole time, someone puts in the empty netter. All right. All righty, so we are going to take a quick break now. Uh, going to get you over to a little clip from another podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And then we will be back for a look around the league. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Like, I like Pinto and I, I remember everyone like, and this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing we need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. 
You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars. Pajot, dropping I think in the fifth round and making five million. Hoffman, Welcome to the Sens Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sens content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin. But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. (laughs) Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. Alrighty, and we are back. Okay, Kyle, we are going to take a quick look around the league here before we decide to wrap this episode up. Uh, there's actually a decent amount of stories to pick from this week. Uh, some small things of note. Uh, the outdoor games on Lake Tahoe are going on right now. And I just got to say, that looks gorgeous. And I saw an interesting idea because obviously the outdoor game um, this year has no fans, so they were able to pick a different location and do Lake Tahoe. I'm on. I'm almost of the mindset that they just do no fans for the outdoor games. You know, like you maybe you bring some fans, but like you pick the just weird locations like that, like the, yeah. the scenic locations. I'd love to see an NHL game played on like Lake Louise up in Banff. Like you're right, Banff. On, on, I was on, just gonna say on that on that postcard when it freezes on that huge lake. Like I just think oh, like, yeah. that would be gorgeous. So I think it'd be so cool if the NHL just like picks locations like that and does a bunch yeah. of like a whole outdoor game series like that. So uh, I think the outdoor game in Lake Tahoe this year has been really different, but also really fun. Yeah, no, I think uh, the location is beautiful. You know, you've seen these, some of the pictures and and uh, and videos from there. I think the guys are enjoying it. You know, it's it's Lake Tahoe. It's gorgeous. Beautiful Shout out, out to the Bruins for showing up in all '90s drip. Immaculate, perfect fit. I don't like uh-huh. the blue. I don't like the Bruins, but they've had some good like team outfits. In, yeah. In years. Yeah, so there's got to be somebody, somebody on like the media team or something like that is putting this together. And obviously the boys are having so much fun with it. When that, and that's what makes it, and that's what makes it the best is like when those guys just have so much fun with, with stuff like that, they're like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. But I think the games are super cool. I think the guys enjoy playing outside, you know, especially there, it's not bitter cold or anything, you know, so they're, they're playing outside. I think it's a lot of them is bringing it back to their childhood. You know, most of those guys started playing on a pond outside. So obviously it's a little better than a pond, but you know, it's still outside and you're feeling the air across your face. However, I did. So the um, game on Saturday, they started it and the ice conditions were getting really rough because of the sun. So they had to resume it later at night because guys were putting inch inch indents into the ice with their skates because it was getting a little soft they figured it out and, and finished the game up later i agree with you pick some weird pick some weird spots and like go the, play. like that rink that was on top of a mountain why not yeah oh yeah take the uh you know the you know i think would be hilarious you know that guy um there's that guy in toronto who's got that who, who always has that really nice odr in his backyard 
take it, make it a real rink, play there. <laughs> or do uh do like the that NHL game on the rooftop rink in New York. Yeah. Um, or I think it's in New York that they, that they, they had there. Uh that'd be neat. On a yeah. on a skyscraper? That'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, dude, it'd be you know what though? That'd be tough to breathe. Those guys would be huffing and puffing, you know, in that high in the air. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That'd be awesome. Um, some other uh, milestones from around the league. Uh, another superstar hits a milestone. Sidney Crosby plays in his 1,000th career NHL game. Um, he hits that milestone, which is really cool. I know that 1,000 game mark is a really important milestone for players. So uh, cool to see him hit that, especially, you know, there was a point in his career when we thought, Crosby might might not ever play again. You know, he had some pretty difficult concussions and that sort of stuff. So uh, crazy to see, you know, Sidney Crosby hit a thousand and he's the old man in the league now. Yeah. Sid the kid, no, no longer the kid, a thousand games. You'd be hard pressed to find too many of those that were not very well put together hockey games by Sidney Crosby. I mean, he's just a, an absolute force to be reckoned with, you know, and, and he's, he's a, He's a class act, honestly. There's there's not too many guys that'll say real bad things about Sidney Crosby. You know, good guy off the ice. But also, uh, not as prolific of a player necessarily, but Travis Ajak also played his thousandth game this weekend. So I've had him on a couple hut teams. Thanks, Travis Ajak, for showing up. Nice 86 overall. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, Zajac and Crosby uh, hit a thousand yeah. games this weekend. One last piece of news that I want to talk to probably the biggest news um, from this week is the New Jersey Devils announced Nico Heischer is going to become their 12th captain in their franchise history. He now becomes the youngest active captain in the league at 22 years of age. Um, he took that title from McDavid. Uh, obviously every year McDavid gets a little older. So he wasn't going to hold on to that title forever. Good to see he sure get it. I actually was surprised a little bit to see he sure get it. Um, it was also, I mean, we don't really think about it much these days, but um, in the hockey sense, it's cool to see another European captain as well um, because that doesn't happen very often. So congratulations to Nico Heischer. Yeah. I mean, definitely a, a good player when, uh, Taylor Hall was there and he won his uh, heart trophy in his speech. He said, I couldn't have done it without 13. You know I mean? He sure plays well with his teammates. So, I mean, I also was surprised just because he's so young and, you know, Andy green was the captain there for forever. It seemed like I was just, um, I thought that there might've been some, some other looks like I think Paul Mary's still on the top on the team i'm surprised they didn't go with him um suban's on the team like you definitely very easily could have gone with him but i think yeah. they probably i think they they chose he sure because one i think they expect he sure to be on the team long term and right. i think that they're they're looking for the future they want a captain that's going to be the captain for now and probably the next you know like eight nine years so yeah i think that's what exactly. they're looking they're looking for from he sure i'll be interested to see what he does with it you know, like I was saying, I think he plays well with his teammates. And, you know, you always want to have Captain be a guy that, that gels well with everybody. So I think that's that might be why they skipped Subban. You know, that might be why they jumped over him. He's just too 
bang, two in your face, really out there. He's all over the place. You know, even when he's off the ice, he's just kind of, he's always on your Instagram feed. He's always, you know I mean? He's doing all this stuff. I think he shares more of a, I think he shares out to play hockey a little more. And I think Subban plays hockey on his off days. Although as of late. Okay. Gotcha. So we are going to then move on to our last, uh, not news, but our last bit of the episode, we're going to have our play of the episode here. Um, so, Kyle, I will let you kick us off. What is your play of the episode, my friend? As much as I hate to say it, Johnny Goudreau absolutely undressed Tyson Berry in the corner to assist their uh, their only goal in that that first game. Take, wait, weekend. hang on, hang on. You're taking Johnny Goudreau's stick lift as the play of the episode? The stick lift? No, no, no. When yeah, he was he, in the corner? He basically stick lifted Barry and then he fell. No way. Barry was coming in hard and Goudreau like shifted like he was going to go low, pulled it back, and Barry, and Barry lost it. However, to you're, redeem you're, Tyson Barry, to redeem Tyson Barry, my other choice was in that second Battle of Alberta game, I think Tyson Barry had like three or four gross moves like skate skate moves like like just footwork like he would go back to pick up the puck and then he would just kind of like turn and carve the other way and just pull the puck away i'm not one to ridicule someone's play of the episode but this is an oilers podcast and you're gonna choose a flame i i that's what i said i hate to say it but i think it was a gross move all right all right that's fair that's fair that's fair all right, well, and I redeemed Barry anyway. I, t- I told you he was still gross. It's fine. <laughs> All righty, well, so my play of the episode, uh, I'm going to give it to Hoobie Doobie Doo of the Florida Panthers with an unreal spinorama assist. I'm sure everyone's seen it. He came in on the defenseman, Jakob Slavin, who has had a tough time here. He's had some moves put on him here in the last week, obviously, with uh, your spinorama move in the last episode by Basel. Yeah was on him i mean he was hit with another spinorama move here by huberto very similar actually to the spinorama assist that mcdavid had a couple years back to um maroon where you sort of you sort of do the spinorama move you look like you're gonna pull back and push it back to the point and then you just throw it back across the crease to the back door guy it worked perfectly to execution and huberto's having himself another season i think Huberto, while he plays in Florida, is underrated top five winger in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's got hands and and vision. And like, like, so I think that move gets pulled off nicely when you you really gotta lean into that backhand pass. I mean, that can't be like any muffin across the no, no. Like he he like you see how hard he wrenches his backhand to throw that. Like he literally throws the pass. Oh yeah, I mean, it it was. That was a pretty play. See, he did it with speed, too. It wasn't even like he was just kind of like moseying on in. He was wheeling and then just kind of turned and sent it. Well, I think you, I showed, ha- you have uh, to do that. You have my to do dad that play that with speed. Because if you, if, you if you don't do that play with speed, right, the defenseman yeah. probably doesn't bite on it because he sees it coming. They're still with you. Yeah. I think I showed my dad that one on uh, on Instagram. And then I, I went to turn my phone back. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to see it twice? Let me see it twice, damn it. <laughs> It's definitely it's definitely a play you gotta watch twice. It's that pretty for sure. 
However, yeah. that is going to do it for episode 11 of the Rig Rats podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to this episode. Uh, it's, it's been a blast. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter. That's going to be at the rig underscore rat on Twitter. Uh, follow the Hockey Podcast Network for updates on all their cool content and giveaways and contests that we do. That's going to be at hockey pod net on twitter as well and then be sure to like subscribe write a comment about the podcast wherever you listen to it on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud wherever you listen to it it helps out a great deal um kyle it's been a blast you got anything else for me my friend thanks for having me dude i enjoy being able to sit down and talk about hockey for like just an hour it soothes it soothes me you know maybe it's a little less than an hour whatever it soothes me it it feels good in my soul so thanks, man. Thanks to you guys as well that listen to this and my maybe bad opinions, but maybe good opinions. Well, uh, we, we love having you on. Hopefully uh, you'll be back again for this next episode. And uh, let's go Oilers. Oilers.